DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulation East Sup. You're here with Janice Pelaganis and Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy new year to you. I just finished the online debriefing refresher course. Uh-huh. And one of the really wonderful topics of discussion that I thought would be really interesting for us to talk about, because I, I think it happens a lot at different organizations. And I think we at CMS have come up with ways to deal with it, which is people are having trouble giving feedback or using advocacy inquiry, any of the you know tools for getting at people's frames, when it's something that they didn't directly observe. So for example, maybe you didn't watch the simulation or maybe something happened and now you want to explore the frame of the individual that was part of that event, but you weren't there directly observing. And so it becomes this kind of he said, she said. And I thought it'd be really great for us to talk about and helpful for our listeners. It's funny. I've never seen that as a problem. Actually, I always find some comfort in being able to be very honest, saying, uh, I didn't see it myself, but it was reported to me Mm -hmm. that the following happened. I'm really curious about your point of view. Well, so that if I was the receiver of that, it would be like, who told you? Uh And why did they tell you? And what do you think of me now, Dan? Right. (laughs) So now you're triggering like all these other team issues Uh that, you know, makes makes the conversation very difficult for you and for me. I guess I always think that's kind of a beautiful topic, you know, to say that, well, it was, it was so-and-so, and they said the following, and I don't know, I don't know what's behind that, but I really <laughs> think you should talk to them and find out and, and use your well, advocacy inquiry yeah. to find out where they're coming from. So I think one of the things that we do at CMS, which is a rule that, you know, we all adopt as employees. And I, I believe, and it may not have been Jeff, but I believe it was instituted by our former, now retired leader, Jeff Cooper. And, you know, it's now Jenny's goal, too, as our executive director, was to lead an honest and transparent culture that practices the communication techniques that we preach. And so, Part of his role at the time, and now Jenny's role, is is to develop us to have these difficult conversations. And so it actually, for him and for us at CMS, it's when that first person comes to you to report it that we've instituted this role of no triangulation and that your role as that third person listening is to coach that first person to have that conversation with that second person, not for you to get into the weeds of whatever's going on. Absolutely. And I've seen Jeff do that. He's done it with me. He's done it with everyone. It's a, 
you know, it's an incredibly powerful command of the difficult conversation, I think. And, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. I think it's so appropriate and it keeps from those interactions festering. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you kind of know after a while that nobody's talking behind your back and saying bad things about you because <laughs> they would be forced to tell you directly. Right. And, and so I think that's a great kind of culture to develop. Yeah, I, I think that's, <laughs> that's so important. Yeah. And, and even when we're at meetings and someone does say a bad comment about another person, it's always expected and assumed that that conversation was already had. It's not like that person's saying anything that that person doesn't already know. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) But, but Um, I don't, uh, but, but that doesn't change my view that if something comes up that you saw, you know, that you, there's something that was reported to you second or third hand, uh-huh. that you do have an obligation to say to this person, uh, I was told by one person or several person, or I was told by um, Janice that you oh, uh, right. did the following, and I don't know what's behind that. I'm curious about your thoughts. And well, then so- to encourage that person to talk to Janice. Well, I guess it depends on the role you hold. I I guess there will still be times where you still need to have that third party conversation. You know, I'm I'm thinking just kind of summarizing what our what our rules are is the first best way is to have the two people talk and I think that's important for team collaboration and interprofessional education is I think it's interesting because, you know, this happens in the clinical environment where you have a nursing supervisor and you've got an attending, physician attending, and the resident goes to the attending and the new nurse goes to the nursing supervisor and the attending and the nursing supervisor, you know, have out a conversation based on interpersonal conflict between the resident and the new nurse. And I just think that's ridiculous that we're not allowing these people that are going to be working together how to develop the skills, how to have these conversations with each other and build each other as a team. So I think that is always the first line is making sure that they have the conversation. And then, and then if that doesn't work, to me, the second line is if you're in a role where you still have to have this conversation like like if you're the supervisor of that person and you need to bring it up because it's there's some sort of dire need to bring it up yeah i'm in a thousand percent agreement with you for a change um i um (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i uh, you know in all the years i've been debriefing i can't tell you how many times i've heard people talk about you know bringing it up the chain of command and having the supervisors talk to each other. And it, it just reminds me of the uh, American political parties or, or Congress and how they never get anything done because everything becomes partisan. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you get the, the, the nursing party and the uh, medicine party working to try to resolve something, it gets way far away from the issue between the two individuals. And so I've always thought that was a ridiculous way to solve problems. 
and that you need people to learn to talk to each other. And and what a what an important lesson for the new nurse that you describe to be able to have the conversation with the senior attending, perhaps with the supervisors there or coaching uh, the two individuals, but um, you know, having the two supervisors talk to each other just seems like a recipe for disaster. Right. And the other thing that you could do is loop in the parties. So if you have to have a conversation, if if I'm the nursing supervisor and I have to have a conversation with the attending, bringing in the two, you know, the resident and the new nurse to also be part of that discussion so that everything's transparent. Yeah, no secrets absolutely. On a, you know, that it's you have a likelihood of coming to what could be the truth, although everyone has their own truth. Not, not that these things are easy, and I guess that's why we all like to call them difficult conversations, because it does create that anxiety in the in the pit of your stomach, and you're feeling like, oh my goodness, this could get out of control and lead to, you know, conflict. God forbid. And so, I I think it does produce that reluctance that we most people feel in engaging in these conversations and as brave as i may sound about it sometimes i can't tell you the number of times that i've actually wound up avoiding the difficult conversation because it is such a scary thing <laughs> well i have to say you know working at other organizations and then coming to the center for medical simulation it was it was really apparent to me how different our culture is at CMS than other cultures. And, you know, I tell this story all the time. I think it was like my first week working at CMS. And actually, you were one of the people, um, (laughs) you and another colleague of ours were in a discussion where at any other institution, it would be weird for me to be in the room and not give you your privacy. And at CMS, I got the sense within one week that it would have been weird for me to leave the room right? because it was really important for me to understand what was going on and to learn from whatever the discussion was and the fact that things are discussable between all of us. And so having this no triangulation, you know, the third party's role is to coach the other to have the discussion and then also bringing all the parties involved into the discussion, it, it has created this really wonderful, uh, transparent culture. So it sounds like for your next course, this is something that you need to address <laughs> with people because, uh, you know, it, it is such an important thing to solve. Yeah. So Janice, um, do you think it's a good time for me to tell you all the bad things that people have said about you? the funny one <laughs> i can assure you well that, well actually that i well, can assure actually, you that everybody's willing to say the uh mean girl things to your face well actually robert already told me that you would say something like this to me because uh, you're like that <laughs> <laughs> I think we we should probably bring everybody on this call to have this discussion. All right. (laughs) All right, Dan. Okay. Happy New Year. Thanks. (laughs) DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. 
Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedicine.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.